the stab cast tonight we're talking talk to me yes we are i'm mindy i'm dan and welcome to the stab cast so yeah which were we talking <laughs> but um talk to me is i know everybody's been boycotting like big name companies and Ugh. big name actors and actresses and whatnot this movie was actually banned daniel if from you where? didn't know where was it banned from um Somewhere in Africa, I believe. But Sophie Wilde has got herself in a lot of trouble. Really? Yes, because she said something very, very wrong. Let's just say that. I'm not going to bring up our word or anything. I'm just going to say very wrong. Really? So it was banned. Well. I can't pronounce the city, so I'm not even going to try. <laughs> it just looks like it's African. So we're going to go with that. But, uh. But I think we got our I think we got our researcher over there re- researching for me. Um, but other than that, people have stated that this is the scariest movie they've seen since the Exorcist. Yeah. Will I agree with that? Yes and no. For me, it I don't know how you feel, Daniel, but for me, it relied a little too much on jump scares. Okay. A little bit. Yeah. Because I started counting the jump scares. Yeah, yeah. And it got to the point where it was like at 13. Maybe a smidge, yeah. So I I just feel like they could have capped the jump scares at like 10 or 8. And also, my biggest problem with the fucking film, and we'll talk more about this when we get to the end, but I just want to say this. Filmmakers, if you're going to make a goddamn fucking film, Mm -hmm. you're going to make a film and somebody speaks a different language... Give me subtitles, please. Because yeah. then I don't know what they said. Well, I... It happened with this movie. It happened with a movie I was watching earlier. Like, James it. Really? I, I, I caught all the dialogue. I did not find that to be an issue. I found that really annoying that towards the end they, they had that. Yeah. Uh... I thought it was interesting. It's starring Sophie Wilde, Alexandra Johnson, Joe Bird, uh, Otis Danji, Miranda Otto, Zoe Terex, and it's directed by Danny Philippou. It's a it good. It is his directorial debut, so we are sorry if we don't pronounce it right. Yeah, I'm just We haven't heard it be pronounced ourselves because he is a brand new director, which. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying, with the strike and everything, that's why we chose this movie this week. It's made a little more. It's crazy because it's it's a. It seems to have theatrics and a lot of cinematic, not too much CGI, but like a lot of cinematic to it, to where mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to believe it was only made on four point five million dollars. That's because there was a lot of practical effects, yeah. and you could see it. You could, but it also felt very glitzy and Hollywoody. It felt like it could have been made off of twenty. Yeah. I, but it's made 24 so far. 
and it's it's doing okay, and it's also you know competing with like the biggest movie. And we were there, and people are still fucking wearing pink. Yeah. Every day, every time we go to the movies, people are wearing people pink. are still wearing pink and talking about the Barbie movie. So it is still in theaters though. Yeah. So if you guys want to go out and check it out, I definitely recommend. I know Daniel will. If you're into ghost stories, because that's what this is. Pure and simple. It's mm-hmm. a ghost story. Yeah. You can say it's an urban legend story, but I would say it's a ghost story with urban legend lore. It's a ghost story and a possession piece. And it's, when people say it's the scariest thing they ever said, I can't agree with that. Because nope. I was not scared at all throughout the whole movie. But Neither I, was I. And I guess it also depends on what you're scared of, though, right? Because I'm not really a big, like, possession doesn't really get me like that. Like, The Exorcist is a good movie, but it never really had me like, ah! Like, shit like that, real real people killing people was always kind of the thing that could get me. This This type of stuff really doesn't. And, uh, this is the type of stuff that your mother looks for. Yeah, it's good, and she I enjoy it. She loves this type of shit. It just didn't scare me that much. I completely get it, Daniel, because that just don't scare me either. And I didn't even, like, we were talking about jump scares. Like, I, they were there, but I didn't think they we were that. Young. And I didn't think they were that prominent either. I no. didn't think they, the movie made that that big of a deal. I did think they might have had a lot of it, but it felt very subtle, too. It wasn't, like, a lot, like, a big music noise, like, and then, like, like the shit pops up every... I mean, yes, but... You had it, but it, it wasn't a lot. No, it, it wasn't a lot, and the writing was... I feel bad for saying this, but the writing wasn't what we normally see from AT4 pictures. Really? I was a little upset. It was about. written by the director and Bill Hensman. Okay, well, that explains it, because it was their first movie. But, um, still, I mean, I really... I gotta give him props for props is due. That movie was very dark, but I could still see everything. Yeah. So I gotta give credit where credit due. Yeah, we should. That's really off. fucking hard. Yeah. To pull off. So the fact that we're like in an abandoned house half the time and the lights are off majority of the fucking time and I can still see you, I mean, you can't really. You can't really say anything bad about that. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Because there's movies that I've given tens before that I haven't been able to see. Like, yeah. Because they're so fucking dark. I can't see them. Yeah. And just to go more into the plot and story things, and, and not just like going right through it, but just yeah. to kind of like start to take that spoiler bar- barrier off. I thought Mia and Sophie Wilde did a good job and she got excited and really hammed it up and like during the possession scenes her face like she really acted her ass off in those moments that girl is so good at acting like she's possessed yeah i thought she was very talented there as far as believability to the friendships with like uh was it riley or jade it was jade and like the little brother and like i just didn't think she was a very good friend and i know that's what it was supposed to do but there was just something about how she played it that that I, little boy should have never played. Yeah, but it was he was fucking egging her on too. Well, yeah, because he wanted to play it, but that's the fucking part of being an adult. You say no. I just wasn't I wasn't totally into the plot. I enjoyed it, but it was the theatrics. I thought Haley was a huge standout. Uh, the, the the one of the friends that had it, the one that you call a little friend of ours. Oh. Uh, okay. 
he was he was really good and he was like a little douchebag but he was also like trying to not get in trouble and trying to plead his case when like shit went down and fucking the little brother was like hurting really bad yeah he was funny and uh, i thought he he was like a pretty good actor and uh they they did a good job and uh no i agree i i i just said i, I wasn't totally into the plot I thought the ending part when it's like she's the one that's like can possess people now. I thought that was kind of cool how they circled around to it uh, to jump way ahead. But I didn't the rest of it and the build up to it and the way she was reacting to that friends and like how they treated her like family. And she was being a piece back, but slowly like falling into this possession thing because she held it for more than the amount of seconds she should have. Yeah. So she just. She totally, this movie kind of lived or died on on her performance. And I thought the highs, highs of it kind of like were Sophie Wilde. And I thought the lows of it kind of were her too. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm just like, maybe some of the writing, like in certain areas for her character, I, I needed a little more sympathy to get behind her, I think. Well, also, I'd like to apologize to Sophia Wilde because I definitely thought your ass was a completely different fucking person. Yeah, you thought she was a chick from Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. But, yeah, she looked just like her. But she she did a hell of a job. But there was also certain moments in the movie where I thought it wasn't very believable that she was friends with Jade in the first place. Mm-hmm. And uh, that she was, like, actually, like, a fan. Like, the way she reacted with the little brother, that was, like, a cool, like, unique friendship of, like, a, a si- like a sister. Like, like but that's we- where they show first. We've had that not. dynamic with some of your friends. Like that mm-hmm. that's like a like like that that's a relatable like a different relationship. But the whole friendship between her and Jade didn't always feel that real. Mm-hmm. She she kind of had more chemistry with the little brother than she did like her best friend. So it didn't always like work for me, but Jade was always ditching her too. The, with her boyfriend. The best moments in the movie are some of the shit that's shown in the trailer and then the, that stuff expanded upon a lot mm-hmm. of the possession moments, a lot of the, the, the big like scenes where, you know, uh, she's seeing shit that that's what makes this movie. And that's what gives it, gives it. I always talk about the eerie vibe to these things. That's what gives it that. And it feels like it just feels spooky throughout because of that. Uh, it does not scare me beyond that. The vibes are the only thing that's scary in this movie for me. Absolutely. I mean, and that's what is so frustrating people like Diggle and I is that when somebody tells us it's going to be the scariest movie of your life, like you're going to want to bring a barf bag and you're going to make sure you guys hold on to each other, like you are going to get scared the shit out of I am 33 years old. You don't know how many goddamn fucking times I've heard that thing. Yeah. Come on. Come up with something else. So scarier than this movie or something. Get yourself something to compare to. Because mm-hmm. by saying it's the scariest movie of 2023, I mean, you don't competition, but still, be realistic. Because you got two more months, sweetie pie, or three more months, four more months, actually, that the year is still going on. And I'm telling you right now, September, we got Saw. We got Saw X coming out. Yeah. That's going to scare the shit out of a lot of people. Definitely in the gorge department, for sure. And then in October, we have a new Halloween coming out. We have a new 
Exorcist movie coming out. Like, Chucky the TV series is getting its third season. We got a lot of horror-related shit coming out. Yeah, and it's been coming out. Insidious just came out. People exactly. So don't say that this is the scariest movie of 2023. Yeah. Because it's not. Well, it could be the scariest movie to date. I mean, yes. But, I mean, like Daniel just said, Insidious is in the theater right next to it. And Insidious is considered a way far scarier movie. Right. Yeah. So. I'm trying to think if I've seen scarier shit. I think this is probably scarier than The Boogeyman. Oh, absolutely. This is probably scarier than than a couple other things we've seen. Black Phone, definitely. Black Phone. It's scarier than Smile. Oh, absolutely. But, and this holds up well as a movie. And But to me, the... Like, I talked about the part of the plot that didn't work for me, but the part of the plot that did work and what made it scarier than the possession and ghosts and demons and all this shit Mm -hmm. is the real-life aspect of it, of a bunch of kids playing around and then going too far. Because we've all felt that. Yeah, but it's also, like, when you drink too much or you, like, have, like, a drug different from fucking, like, smoking. You know, like, if you... Like it's a relatable thing to where kids get together and then go a little too far. They're having fun, they're partying, everyone's laughing, having fun, and then holy shit, that ninety seconds she goes ninety two or something, and then it fucking goes overboard, and everyone's going. Or that what kid, actually happens? They do the possession thing, and they. Uh, what are they doing a possession thing on? They have so this hand. There's this hand around around them that is brought by this nerdy looking dude. But for some reason, everyone fucking loves him. His name is, like, Haley. Yeah. Or something. And he has a hand that's involved. Like, they're dead. But the hand is said to come from a serial killer. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Haley so and Josh. when you hold guys. on to the hand, you're supposed to say two things. You're supposed to go, let me see you and talk to me. Let me see you shows them. Shows the person that's holding the hand the particular spirit that would like to make contact with us. Talk to me allows them to pull you into their world. Yeah. And show you what's going on. Well, and they enter your body, too. Yeah, they possess you. And then all the friends sit around the circle and laugh and have fun and, and hang out. While you're, and, and, yeah, and put it on YouTube and shit. And, like, do, like... Young kids. Yeah, it's like you're all drinking and someone gets too drunk and you're fucking videotaping. That's what I'm saying, and that's the real life aspect of it. That it's a bunch of kids having fun with this like fucking real thing that's fucking ever that could really fucking do damage to all these people's lives. And they're having, and then they go a little too far, and this kid fucking loses his face. I mean, Haley and the other guy told them straight out, "Do not go over ninety seconds." Yeah. You go over 90 seconds, then we're fucked because the spirit got through. But fucking the kid lost his face. Riley, or the brother, he lost his face. I know, that poor little kid. I felt so bad for him. He lost he his face. He was so relatable to me. Yeah. A lot of people lost a lot of body parts in their phone But he lost. quite gory. Yeah, because oh. the demon possessed him, and it was pretending to be Mia's mom, who was a big factor in all this, that her mom's dead. And she was talking to him for a second. And then, because they were only going to give him like 30 seconds or something. 50. 50. And then Haley's like, all right, time's up. And she's like, no, it's my mom. I'm talking to her. 
and then yeah, she's like, no, 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 please don't. It turns it turns out to be a fake and a different and a demon and a different spirit. Yep. And then it fucking takes this kid Riley and fucking just shoves his face out of fucking counter, fucking like a like fifty times. Oh, yeah. His yeah, eyes yeah, out of his socket. His eyes out of his socket. Yeah, his fucking he ripped his fucking eye out of his one socket. Like, kid's school. He destroyed his face. Oh, so he wasn't dead. No, he's mm. not dead, but he might as well. Be. He does not die throughout the whole movie. But no. he tries because the demon, like, is with him throughout yeah, the whole so the time. Yeah, the demon tries to get him to commit suicide. Yeah. Oh, okay. So even in the hospital, in the shower, he tries to kill himself. Yeah. He, he he tries to fuck himself up if you if you get him near glass or anything he's, <laughs> he's fucking he's going for it yeah he's he's grabbing it and the whole like quest in the movie is Mia trying to help her uh, her friend yeah Mia basically takes over for Jade basically Jade even though she's the best friend and she's the one with the brother and whatnot if you were to watch this movie and not pay attention to all that you would easily easily think that he was Mia's little brother. Yeah, they have a really good they relationship. They have a really good relationship. That's I what mean, kind of carries the movie. At, at the top of their lungs, on the car, when they're driving together. Like, she's been there several times, and Jade's like, I don't want to watch him. Would you mind doing it? And, like, watches the kids for her and everything. Like, that's what pisses me off when the kid first gets hurt. Like, the fucking mother's blaming it on her. Like, look at your own fucking child. Yeah. Turn your red nose and look at your own daughter. Because she didn't even stay in the fucking room. But her daughter was getting disrespected, so she left. She should have stayed, obviously, but she was getting treated like she... And then Daniel left. Poor Daniel. Poor Daniel. He was just trying to, like, get some with Jade and be a good boyfriend, but me and him had a little relate. That was always... And that's the thing with with Mia talking about her coochie and fucking, like, him wanting her in the beginning. Like, friends don't talk. Yeah, like that, that is a little fucked. I will have to say her relationship with him was a little too fucked up for me. She sucks his toes, shit. Sure. She's Well, not I even mean, the toes. She sucks his whole foot. She's possessed, that one. Oh, when she does that? Yeah. yeah. She sees the demon doing it, and she's freaking out, and she's telling it to stop, and, and then it wakes up, and she's the one doing it. But it has a whole shot of, like, good for Sophie Wilde. She's a hell of an actor, unless that was a stunt, but it looked it looked like her. No, she, okay. she had a face full of foot, damn it. Yeah. And, uh, like, she don't fucking... It was disgusting. Full. It was so good. And he's freaking the fuck out. Cause We're it, freaking who the wouldn't? fuck out. Now, was she, like, chomping on the foot? Like, no, just sucking. sucking on it sexually. Okay. This movie had... And that kind of irritated me and Daniel, I guess, as well, is that this movie had a sexual undertone to it. A little bit. Not every horror movie has to deal with sex. Yeah. Or sex shit. But her and Daniel were that, that that was that kind of their thing, was that they were, like, had that sexual tension. And that they were, like, she, but I, that's what I didn't like about the movie, and that's what exactly. I exactly that's what I'm saying. Keep romance out of work. It took away from Mia's character that she was like kind of like that, and I know that it was used as an effect to piss Jade and like show even more that she was being a piece of shit to Jade, and that like she was, but she, and I understand what they were trying to do, but to me, you didn't need it. You already had enough. You had the shit with her brother, and and you, as far as I'm concerned, Jade is in her own piece of shit. I mean, you don't fucking leave your brother. And he was being mean. You, you know what I would have done in the middle of that fucking thing? Even if you were mean to me or 
not, I wouldn't fucking care. I would have taken you by the back of your fucking shirt collar and dragged you out of that room. I don't care how much you hate me. Yeah. Because I don't even fuck with Ouija boards. Yeah. Let alone an embalmed hand. Yeah. So, I will say, Jade, she might have been an okay sister, but she wasn't that great a one. Because if she was, she would have fucking dragged In that moment, that, that's kind of a plot hole that she had to leave like that. And, and the stupid. fact that, like, Daniel followed her instead of, like, Daniel could have stepped up and been like, hey, kid, like, come with us. Like, yeah, like, someone needed to take that kid out of the situation. Daniel was a little too much of a sippy boyfriend. too much. Yes, but also Mia was too much of a pushover with the brother. Well, yeah, because they were really close. But you had to have known if you left him in the room. with, Like, I get that they were, and that's the thing, that they were relying on us to think that they have this strong family foundation between me and Jade to where she can leave her alone with her little brother and trust her. But their interactions together did not let us buy it. Her interaction with Riley made us believe that, oh, she would let this kid hold the hand because she's the fun older sister. You have the strict older sister, and you have the fun friend older sister. Yeah. It's a, a good cap, a good cop, bad cop dynamic. I just don't like how quickly they turned on her. Yeah. Because, I mean, it wasn't her fault. Look at your own fucking daughter. She's the one that locked him in the room. Well, yeah, but when they were in the car in the rain, and Jade was trying to hold her hand, the mom was like, fuck you, remember? They did throw oh, that scene. Oh, yeah, in they did do they that. They did throw that day. scene where, where yes, she... they did. They, they didn't say anything, but she, like, she gave her that I cold look. That now. Yeah. I do remember that So now. the mom wasn't fucking with anybody involved in that situation. Yeah, the mom was kind of mad at And they played her good because she was a strict mom in the beginning. And her trying to find out if they were having a party for, like, for, that scene went on a little too long, went on for, like, eight minutes. But it was fun for a little bit. Which was, was hilarious asking everybody she in the was asking everybody, though. So what's like, the party? What that party? Was the, so, that, yeah. that was the funniest part of it, is that she's going up to these random yeah. Fucking kids that aren't even in her house yet, and she's like, "So what's the party?" They're like, "What party?" It's like, "Cause they're really here for the party, bitch. Go work." There was a party though with the hand and shit. Yeah, there was, but still, go work. But that wasn't. Was that the mother or Mia's dad? No, that was the mother. Okay. That asked all that. Mia's dad was just always gone. Yeah. Mia's dad and her had a complicated relationship because of the mom being gone. But and why was the mom gone? Wasn't it suicide? I believe it was a suicide. I'd have to look it up. I, but I know for a fact she's dead because she shows up in ghost form throughout half the fucking movie. Oh, yeah, she does. But that's what a ghost... That's what a demon and a, a bad spirit can do. I don't know that's if they got into That's why I don't mess around with Ouija boards and shit. Yeah, because you're because looking for something. You're opening the door to something that you don't know. And that's a classic horror story. And that's the thing that this one had all the tropes. It had the party scenario. That, and to me, that's the most believable part again, was that all the kids and shit going wrong. And Haley and Joss being like, dude, we got to fucking cover our ass. We got to figure this out. Like, we got to have our story straight. Let's go. And fucking like Mia freaking out and walking out like, oh, my God, what just happened? Like, I'm supposed to be in responsible for this kid. And his face is on the floor looking like a fucking bruised tomato that got smashed into the ground. Oh, God, you're- but but it, that's what it looked like. He it did, though. looked like a smashed watermelon. But it fucking like that. It had that trope with the kids and shit going wrong. It had the possession trope, and it had 
her and her relationship with her mom and how she would clearly want to do this possession thing Jayden so she could see her mom. her mom. No, uh, oh, you're talking about Mia's relationship with the dead mother. Yeah, okay. she she clearly well, would want to do this. Well, I just want to make it clear to our audience. Yeah, yeah. We're about. No, it's Mia, the main character. Because Jade has a father who was in theirs, and Mia has a mom who was in theirs. Yeah. So I just want to make sure that we're getting that cross. Yeah, but here. Mia wanted to see her mother who was passed, and that was the clear trope that, like, with the a lot of these scary movies, especially with Ouija board movies and stuff. This the, is a ghost movie. Uh, ghost movies like this, you usually have a character where they have someone that's deceased that they want to see, and then they see something that isn't what they want. Yeah. And that's like a big trope that's used, and it's used in here pretty well. Yeah. So many like, movies come to mind. There's a lot of movies. Like, there's usually, even if it's a big group, there's somebody in the group. You know, there's always somebody that's like, oh, this is my connection, and this is what I want to see, but then they see a fucking demon or something. And they're easily convinced that it's, who they want to see. And it's a relatable trope because everybody in our lives have had somebody that's passed and we would love to fucking say hello to them, but you don't want to do that just in case you're fucking inviting something else in. Exactly. So it's a, it's a trope that's always going to be used and it works. But I, I thought the movie as a whole, it, it was, it was well done and it was well crafted. And by the end of it, I got where they were going and I liked her being possessed in the end. Or, or being able to possess other people, and she's basically dead and a ghost, and the thing kind of yeah, took her. Yeah, she's the one that is willing the hand by the end. Yeah. By she, we mean Mia. She sacrificed herself for Riley, pretty much, yeah. to take, take the hand away from him. Yeah, she kind of did what, um, I can't remember his name, Father Karant, Father Karas did in um, The Exorcist when he realized that the devil was going to kill Reagan. And he told them to just come into him and to possess him. Yeah. And that's what happened. So that's kind of what happened. Kind of took a little bit of inspiration from the exorcist there, and she sacrificed herself. The only the only thing, and this is going to be another one, because you know me. If people die, I have to oh. bitch that they died. And if, Okay, what do you got? Real quick, is a... there is a prequel that they're already setting up for. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's already being written out. Very cool. But in these movies, usually when too many people die, I complain. And yeah. usually when not enough people die, I complain. It's got to be a happy Sorry. medium. So in this one, it's another one where nobody really dies. It's, uh, Riley gets fucked up a lot. <laughs> I mean, poor Riley, Matt. He gets fucked But like, like Daniel, the worst thing that happened is he got his, he got his foot sucked. Like Daniel could have gone... Right, fucking Haley and Josh could have, like, the two dumbass, like, fucking hey, friends. Hey, I love Haley because Haley reminds me of a friend that I had way, way back in the day. I know. Okay. And he's so, great. Both guys are great. Haley. I, I'm not hating on him, but he could have fucking went. There was no reason for him not to die. Like, they were, like, they were clearly, like, right off of both characters. They were fun and they, like, were world building and they helped to the story and they were, like, the fun kids from school that had the hand but and brought it. But that's what 824 is doing. Yeah, but lately. kill them off. Fuck it. Kill them off. I'm tired of these movies I not agree. killing people. I'm just saying that's what they're doing lately. Like, the blackening that came out, I saw, I didn't see the entire Nobody thing. Nobody died. I saw a watch along and no one fucking died. One white guy. The, the one guy, fucking white guy died. And that guy, was it. The guy from the Drew Carey show. And that was it. Greg. Really? Yeah, Greg from the Drew Carey show. Greg from American Housewife. 
Yeah. I love you so much, but you are a horrible police officer. He's had a revival. He was in The Last Shazam, too. I mean, he's in movies that are just okay, but he, <laughs> it was, yeah, no one died in that one. And that was another one that was making fun of the tropes. It was a parody movie. I guess it can get a little bit of a pass. It was hysterical, so I'll give it a pass. <laughs> and I love that the ultimate, and it kind of trumps the ultimate trope that it's like, okay, the black person dies in every horror movie. All right, motherfucker, no black person's dying in this horror movie, and the one white guy in the horror movie's going to die. <laughs> so it's like, it, that, it works, and I got where they were going, and it, it's fun. It works. But for this, it's like, it's a possession movie. It's like something else can go wrong. It can enter Haley and rip Haley's body apart. And like, you can go fun areas with this. Why are, why is everybody still talking and like, like uh, trying to figure out what's going on together? Kill some mother. Yeah. Why is like Mia the only one that's not standing at the end? It didn't need to take everybody into the hand, but it clearly knows how to fuck people up. It could have entered somebody and fucked them up. Because like Josh and Haley both did it. It, it, it could have just like, I really thought Josh was going to fuck up Jade. Yeah, me too. I really thought that. I even believe I was telling Daniel that in the theater. After the hospital with the little brother, I really thought Jade was gonna, um, Josh was going to fuck up Jade. Yeah. But even a parody movie like Bodies, Bodies, Bodies that wasn't based on... Like, even they had more kills. They had a bunch of... all The, all, the two chicks survived. All the ladies well, got... Yeah, and Pete Davidson got a machete. It was his own doing. Other. Yeah, so the, the, at least there was death in that movie. I mean, I know it, in horror you don't always need it, but sometimes it works. And the fact the stakes you didn't need always it feel more high. than no death. Besides Riley just like trying to kill himself all the time, the stakes did not feel all that high all the oh, time absolutely. for a possession play. And The Exorcist, the stakes feel very <laughs> high. And this, it feels like kind of medium. <laughs> absolutely, that's, I would completely agree, hundred percent. That's my only real issue with it. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, like, we can't do a top kill. It's one of the... We can't do it. Mm-hmm. We can do a top moment, which would probably be him smashing his shit uh, on the countertop, because yeah. it was fucking cool. I mean, I like The shit in the shower was dope, he too. Was funny. Haley I mean, was cool. we can have, like, a favorite character. And it would probably be Haley, because he was a standout, and he was Haley a funny friend. Because he was a douchebag, cool guy. He brought the hand, but he wouldn't take responsibility, but he was trying to help a little bit at the end, he but he still walked away. Fun. Oh, he yeah. brought the hand, but wouldn't yeah. take responsibility. Yeah. Exactly. And him and the, his buddy the Josh. Row, like filming people, but he was the one that would lay down the ground rules and shit. Yeah. He was very professional. About and he it. held the timer, and he would make sure they were done by ninety seconds. And yeah. Then go and like the camera wouldn't even turn on for him until after he had the person say, "Talk to me," and let me in. Then he'll turn his camera on. Yeah. But he was a douchebag because Daniel got possessed and started fucking making out with the dog. And it was very embarrassing. And they took a video of it and put it on YouTube right oh. in front. Of, and he's like, don't post it. And they're like, we'll post it, motherfucker. You would have done that, dude. I wouldn't have posted it. Back in the day. Maybe back in the day. <laughs> Maybe back. Right now, I wouldn't have posted it. I mean, because these kids, they are kids. They are kids, and that's what the movie does well. It shows fucking teenage dumbassery, and it it shows it well. It shows the party life, and it shows, and it gives it a good twist, because this could have easily just been about doing drugs or doing something crazy, or like, you you end up killing somebody on accident, and it's a, I know what you did last summer deal. Or it follows. 
Yeah, it, uh, it could have gone a di bunch of different directions, but the fact that it put possession into this, it made it work, and it's a different type of – I think that's why people like it is because it's kind of different from other stuff. It has homages, and it has tropes and stuff, but it's a little different than what's on the market right now. It's a ghost movie. I think 94% on Rotten Tomatoes I think is a little high, and I'm not going that high, but I, I think it is a really good movie. I would give it an 8.5. Yeah, I, I would drop a little lower, like, like an 8.2, but it was a good movie. Because I'll give credit or credit to you. I've already told you this. I've already told the audience this. If you have a scene so dark that I can't see shit, how the fuck do you expect me to review it? Yeah. If I can't see it. Mm -hmm. So this movie did an amazing job of it keeping does. everything well lit. Yeah, it was tight. By the candlelight. They did an amazing job. They did, and even beyond that, it was shot spectacularly. Absolutely. And that's why the the kind of lowish budget is like kind of very impressive to me. On four point five million, this is a very well shot, good movie, and the practical effects are done well to where you don't know the difference. That that's how a horror movie should be, and this is like done. But I like for his directorial debut. Yeah. He should be very proud. That part of it and that part of the side and the business side and stuff is why A24 is fucking killing it. And that's why it's amazing. Because they can make fucking $4 million, $3 million movies, make $20 million off it, and fucking still have a profit, pay everybody, and make the next movie. Because it's all about the practical effects. Yeah, there's still a – you can't do that anymore. It's all franchises and $200 million movies, and they need to make 800 or it's a bust. That, that movies are – it's all franchise, and you can't do shit like this anymore, but this is the one studio that's still doing it, and yep. it's fuck, and they're doing it at a high level, and it's really impressive. It this went against Barbie. This went against Oppenheimer. This went against fucking Haunted Mansion reboot from Disney and that flopped. Uh, yeah, I think Insidious is gone now, but it fucking – No, but, like, it was – when we went to the theater, like, it was right – like, the next one was Insidious, the theater. Okay, okay. So, like, it was still in theater. But it's had a lot of competition, and the fact that it's still racked in a little bit of dough, good for it. And people are going to the movies right now, and it's fucking awesome, especially because it doesn't always happen in August. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm really happy where movies are in general, and especially horror, and the fact that we keep getting these little sleeper hits like this. Uh, mm -hmm. It's very impressive, and I'm excited to see where it keeps going. And, this, like this, and this say, could easily get a sequel from some – or a spinoff. It doesn't well, need like a sequel. like I said, they are filming – are a not prequel, filming yeah. right now, but they are writing, from what I've heard, a prequel. Is Danny doing it, or is it somebody? I don't know who's doing it. I haven't gotten any information except for that there's going to be a prequel happening, and that they started writing it. Okay. Other than that, I know nothing. Mm -hmm. I know that little much. So, and that's just because I need my research. Yeah, yeah. I've done the research. I'm with you. Um, but other than that, I don't know. But I do want to let our fans know before we end the show here tonight and whatnot that Saw X has officially changed their date that it is premiering. Yeah. So instead of an August, October 15th premiere, we're looking at a September 16th premiere. Yeah. And Exorcist will be taking over October 15th. So I'm not too sure what the exorcist is going to be, but I do know that it's not a reboot because it has another name next to it. It makes me feel like it's going to be a requel. And for all of you out there that doesn't know what that is, it's a reboot sequel. Yeah. 
I uh, can I talk about this something before we leave? Yeah. I read. Yeah. The, I didn't read, but I listened to an audio book. <laughs> and uh, I got a credit on Audible, and I used it. And it was this book called Camp Slaughter by this guy called Sergio Gomez. I read that. Have you? He's from Philadelphia, and it's, like, in a camp in Pennsylvania, and it's, like, these friends that go out, but it's also these private investigators that go out, and there's this cannibal killer, this Mexican cannibal killer, who's, like, kind of, like, big and gigantic and, like, freak, like, considered a freak and an outcast, and, yeah, yeah, uh, and, uh, it, it just, it's a very, and you get scenes from his point of view, chapters from his point of view, chapters from the kid. There's a stoner, there's a kid like trying to get with a girl that's got a boyfriend. There's the dickhead friend. And like the guy who seems like the main character does not make it and like he's like one of the like first few killed and then one of the guys that just seems like a douchey friend ends up like being the main character. And a lot of like it's just a good horror book and it's like a slasher book and it's something I was looking for for a while and I did not think I was going to find and that really works for me and it's like kind of inspired and it's a good book. It's like a slasher book. You don't know if it's going to work, but like getting like character, like it felt like a movie. It read like a movie. It I listened told like a movie. you this for years. It was good. I liked it. That books feel like movies. Yeah. Well, well certain ones, but it also can get bad. This was not bad. It was, I really enjoyed it. So, uh, yeah. And I think there's a sequel to it that I would love to listen to or read when I can get a chance. But, uh, yeah, hootie hoo. Hootie hoo, guys. We'll Have see. a great week. Uh, make sure you're checking out the Pick Doctor officially at 3400. Uh, 3, oh, yeah. So make sure you're checking that out. I was going to do stuff with Daniels tonight, but Big Brother's from Aaron, so. <laughs> next week. Don't hold your breath. Uh, what do you want to do next week? Well, so, HGO Max finally got their shit together. And they finally got some Nightmare and Elm straight back. Yeah. So I think we should probably go back to the series that we were going to do. You want to do two now? Yes. Because did we ever do, we didn't do two, three, and four, did we? No, we did one. Okay, we did one we in the remake. We didn't do two, three, or four. We did so two, let's just do the two, best moment. Let's do, let's go watch Nightmare on Street 2 and do a whole review on that. Okay. Dedicate an episode of that. All right. Since we haven't done Nightmare in a while. And that there was supposed to be the summer. So let's do that. We'll make August Nightmare Month and uh, sounds good. All right. All right, Mindy, this was a great podcast. And we'll it see was. everybody next week. All right, guys, we'll do. We'll do.